0: Hey, welcome back to Liberate Lemonade Podcast. Today, we're here with Sang from Peko Produce, a company dedicated towards reducing food waste with their peculiar products. Thanks for having me here, Joyce and Athena. I'm Sang, and I am one of the co-founders of Peko Produce.
1: Paco Produce is a cooper-first online grocery um, service that deliver imperfect and surplus grocery to your doorstep at up to 40% off retail prices. So in this way, you're helping yourself save money by saving food. Um, A bit about myself, I am originally from Vietnam. So I grew up there and then I moved to uh, Vancouver when I was around like 18 for university. So I'd go to UBC for business, um, specifically um, specializing in marketing and business analytics. And um, yeah, so I am almost graduated. I kind of took a gap year this past year to, to focus on work but um, I'm returning to school shortly to wrap up my final courses. Some of my passion and hobbies include, uh, well obviously entrepreneurship and specifically social entrepreneurship. I'm a big believer in making change using innovation and looking for ways that um, are traditionally not done. So um, that's kind of what led me to starting PECO. Also, a huge, you know, art nerd as well as psychology. Um, really love reading about like consumer behavior and all that jazz. Um, and I also really, really love traveling. And uh, I've had a chance to travel to ten plus countries. And I hope there's uh, there's going to be more in the future. Uh, and also a big foodie. Yeah, that's that's kind of what sparked my interest in in looking into the food waste space too.
0: Definitely, we love to hear it. And what inspired you to start? Paco produce. Was it one of your foodie adventures?
1: Um, So it was more because when I moved from Vietnam to Canada um, and obviously had to cook for myself, I realized the amount of household food waste I personally generate. And even as like a single individual, like cooking for myself. And I was really blown away by that. Um, and I felt really bad about myself knowing that, you know, obviously I'm wasting money by wasting food. And also I'm wasting all the effort and resources and energy that it took to grow and transport these food to me. That brought me to look more into the food waste space. Previously in my, when I was younger in high school, I actually started a few business ventures too, but. They're definitely like a lot smaller in scale and not as like mission driven, I guess. But it was always something of interest of mine to start something. So when I saw this problem of wasting food myself, I do a bit more research. And then I I realized that a lot of food is wasted throughout the supply chain from, you know, the farm all the way to the fridge. Whether that's due to perishability, transportation, you know, weather condition, um, or simply just that's how nature is. I started to build a solution, which looked vastly different from PECO is nowadays. Mm-hmm. So the very first iteration of PECO was actually this mobile app. Uh, it's a pantry management app that allows you to track the expiry dates of the things you buy from the grocery store, and that it can alert you of when things are about to expire and recipe suggestions based on what you have. In. So that was solely my own personal pain point. I worked on that for a few months um, with the student club, so it n- initially really started out basically just as a passion project. And then 2020, all of us went into a pandemic. School moved online. I couldn't go home. I couldn't go anywhere. And I figured, you know, this is is the best time to build because I have this passion. Then I also have this problem going in front of me that can, you know, do good for the world and the community around me. And also now there's like way less distraction because I, I can't hang out with anyone. I'm Definitely. not like distracted by, you know, by events, clubs. Um, I decided to, you know, really launch PECO into, into a startup. Um, gathered a few friends, did a few prototype and then met my co-founder throughout the process through a mutual fund. This was around the same time that I went through the Next 36 uh, incubator program. So for those who don't know, the Next 36 program is an eight-month-long program where they educate entrepreneurs uh, or future entrepreneurs, I guess, on founder development as well as, um, as, well as relevant like, knowledge. So I met my co-founder, Ariel, through a mutual fund in the Next 36 program. We got along right away with our shared passion for social entrepreneurship. And we continue to work on the PECO app for a little while until we realize one day that this is not going to work as a real business venture. It's a good idea in theory and a lot of things are good idea in, um, in theory, but when you actually operationalize it, there's a really little chance that it will become a viable and sustainable business model. And we all know that everyone needs to keep the light on no matter, you know, like how much, you know, like passion and work you can put into your project. So we decided to pivot and we look into other aspect of, of the food waste area and then realize that, oh, in Canada, we actually waste $31 billion worth of food every single, single year. And then 10% of that is purely due to cosmetic damage for produce alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So because, you know, let's say this, um, this avocado looks misshapen or if you have a few scratches or bruises, they're actually rejected from grocery store. First world country like Canada, and US, for example, have struggled with this problem a lot because our food grading system is very strict. Um, so, for example, food has to be a certain diameter or uh, like have a certain color, and that is a huge contributor to the problem food waste. And it's a shame because a lot of people still can't afford to eat. And we're currently we're seeing, you know, sky high inflation. People are, you know, struggling to afford. Um, groceries in general Mm
0: -hmm. so that's
1: kind of where we step in and that's why we created Petco um, to really reduce food waste but also empower access to um, affordable and healthy food
0: yeah we love to hear that mission you're alleviating a lot of issues for people who can't seem to afford food from their regular grocery stores and bringing that kind of accessibility is definitely the kind of change we want to see with more social entrepreneurship as well it's also amazing to hear about your journey in Next36 and how you met your founder and kind of developed this idea. What does a day in your life currently look at? And like, what kind of parts are you working on uh, for PECO?
1: That's so hard to answer because I feel like my day-to-day differs so much. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at PECO, I am generally um, responsible for anything consumer-facing, mm-hmm. marketing, partnership, um, and also just like business strategy in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also... More often than not, I'm the direct manager of all of our interns. So uh, a lot of time spent managing our intern um, or helping them succeed in in our business goal and their personal goal. But generally, it looks like um, I wake up so I'm a I'm a I'm a night owl uh, I I'm not the type of wakes <laughs> up at 5 a.m every day <laughs> but I've de- definitely have done that before especially when I was working on, a, on another internship on Toronto time and then I wake up at five six every day mm-hmm. uh, but nowadays now that I'm back in Vancouver and uh, just focusing on my startup this summer um, my day usually start more around eight or nine and then I first thing I wake up is I check my email and um like discord messages to make sure nothing went on fire when i was um asleep there's usually always something happening um in the morning so just kind of checking in making sure everything's all right then i make a little coffee for myself and then i often have daily check-in with my daily stand-up with my team Mm -hmm. Uh, So we do it like asynchronously as well as synchronously. So for the most part, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we do a daily standup on call and then I help assist them with any um, like questions they have. Other than that, probably working on a pitch deck and a roadmap in the future, what to do uh, in terms of like partnership marketing strategy. Um, I help out a lot on the operational side too. So if say, uh, if something, if we're short on staff, for example, I'm the one you know coordinating on like what's happening who's replacing who uh, or maybe i come into the warehouse myself and packer produce myself if we're really showing people Mm -hmm. um or i'm looking for more brands to partner with um we're currently going through a very interesting growth stage for peco where we're actually expanding a lot of strategic partnership with consumer packaged goods company um specifically taking anything that is like mislabeled um or surplus or imperfect in any way. So I've been focusing a lot of my attention on that. We have also been bootstrapping PECO in the last year and bootstrapping mean we haven't raised external funding. So we, uh, or non-dilutive, uh, we have raised only non-dilutive funding. And so we do a lot of pitch competition to, you know, get funding to start and run our no business. Mostly putting out fire is my main responsibility, I think. <laughs>
0: Sounds like a fun activity to do at startups. Fire <laughs> extinguish everything.
1: Exactly.
2: So you talked a lot about uh, your future growth. I just wanted to take a step back and go to do when you first started, Peko. Is there anything that you would want to change? With the benefit of hindsight, a lot of us might have changed a lot of things. But I think that
1: actually it wouldn't change a thing uh, about like how my journey unfolds and all my mistakes um, have contributed to my personal growth as well however I do have a I guess like one realization that I do have and I think this might be really relevant for you know like graduating high school student going into university and you know whoever is doing or listening to to this podcast you guys are probably you know overachiever to some extent so yeah. <laughs> am I right <laughs> um so but you know that that's not a bad thing at all and I think um you know, we, we need people like you folks to you know, help advance um, a generation, the world, all of that. But I think there's a lot of pressure coming into university to conform to a certain, you know, mold or norm. Um, so, for example, for me, going to business school, the sign of success were you know, going into investment banking, going to consulting uh, Brand management, whatever, and that's great if that's what you know you like to You're passionate about. Go for it. I'm like so happy for you. For me, I um, definitely went through a, a period where I was like, "Oh, I definitely have to like do this certain thing, uh, mm-hmm. intern at this company, this big corporation, in order to prove myself worthy." Um, and I guess you do have to like take some sacrifice um, if you ever want to get to where you want to be and in my case I did all that you know big company stuff and then I worked for a smaller company and then I started my startup so I definitely learned a ton from each of my experience I just wish I wasn't so harsh on myself to fit in and to really embrace my own you know unique individuality and um, I think that's kind of how I got back more into the startup space too because I got to really embrace what I value as a person in terms of morals or what what value I want to bring into the world and also my day-to-day work um, knowing who, who I am and what I want definitely helped me get there uh, but it wouldn't help if you don't understand who you are and you just try to fit in with the rest um, so that's my I guess like main uh, regret so to speak but I guess one more thing is our first launch went horribly because we didn't plan enough. And um, I just wish I put in a bit more uh, like care there (laughs) so that we wouldn't have struggled so much in our first week of launch. But um, in hindsight, it's a very good story to tell. So uh, I guess no regrets at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, so a lot of like trial and error in figuring out what uh, to do in the future. Yeah. So you talked a lot about like in business school, there's a lot of certain norms. Like you have to go into investment banking, you have to go into consulting, blah, blah, blah. Um, really just like find your individuality and things. Do you think working for some bigger companies and small companies provided you with some skills or things that were able to help you with launching your own company? Or do you think um, it could have been just like a, or would you recommend like podcast listeners just like just really just go for it on their own?
1: I think everyone's journeys is just, just a little different and it, it definitely depends on your risk tolerance um, and I guess your learning goals too. Um, I have worked at company of all sizes from really early stage company all the way to like fortune 500 company and everything in between too. And I think that my main takeaway is that bigger corporations teach you a lot about structure and about navigating politics, which which you do have to do at some point in your life. Mm-hmm. And having high emotional intelligence is very important to conducting business and conducting yourself too. So I think that working at big companies obviously give you that credibility, especially when you're a young person, um, and especially if you work, you come from a marginalized community, it gives you more credibility. It, it's just how it is. Um, so that's definitely a of working at big companies, and definitely you are exposed to a lot of high achieving individuals, and they tend to be the specialists in, in their area, which is awesome because now you have them at your fingertips and they can be your mentor that you can learn from them. There's a saying that startup is started by generalists and skilled by specialists, and I think that's very true in my experience. When I go to smaller company, uh, I have a lot more freedom in what I can do. I can touch projects that are usually definitely above my pay grade mm-hmm. um but simply it's because they need people to do it right it taught me how to deal with ambiguity and thrive in the unknown I guess you are always going to be dealt you're always going to deal with um you know imperfect information working in startup especially so I think that's um that's a main learning of mine how to really navigate uncertainty and putting out fire as quickly as possible um whereas bigger companies taught me more structure and I think those were very 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 valuable um experience for me to bring into my startup because now I know you know that at this stage I I can be scrappy I can you know just try about try out a bunch of things and see what works and then double down on that but then at some point as I grow to you know like a a later stage company, I'm gonna to have to put structure in, in place in order for the organization to function well. And those are some great learners to have in my opinion, but I've also seen people who you know go straight into their own startup, maybe fresh out of school and they've had great success too. It's just that you have to be always learning and you always have to have this like starter mindset where you're seeking more mentorship because you never, you're, you never know everything and especially when you're starting a company you have to deal with so many aspects of the business from I, I did like hr for the first time i'm raising money for the first time you know i'm like managing people and and now i'm responsible for their own you know like their pay their learning and all that and you you don't know all of that straight out of school so you need to be learning whether from the you know, books podcasts i personally like learn a lot from just seeking for mentors um but it's to each their own and if you have a great startup idea just go for it and just get started and then you'll learn throughout you're going to learn along the way but if you want to have a bit more security then go do a few internship and then try to start your company which is the path i take
0: definitely speaking of finding experiential learning in larger companies and smaller companies how have your experiences at next 36 and clearco changed the way that you think today And do you wanna elaborate a little more on some of the experiences or scenarios that you've encountered that have helped you while you were creating Pico?
1: Yeah, um, so I think I'll backtrack a bit and start with, I guess, what really got my foot in the door the grocery delivery industry. So um, in early 2020, I was um, interning part-time for this grocery delivery company Um, based in San Francisco. Um, They're they're a seed stage startup called Jupiter and they did um, AI powered grocery delivery to help individuals save time. Um, And I was their fifth hire. um, Specifically, I looked for for this experience because I wanted something else to do during the pandemic and I I, I wanted a closer look into the the startup world. Um, I worked specifically on their growth Function. So that means, you know, like affiliate and marketing, uh, social media, and also um, a little bit on the growth hacking side. Yeah. Over the nine month period that I was there, I was working very closely with the founding team and specifically our CMO. Mm -hmm. And I got a a much closer look into the industry, how logistic function, and and I scaled their um, influencer program into the number one sales channel for um, Jupiter as of August 2020. And how I got that experience was because I went on this experiential learning platform for uh, for aspiring female founder called Flick. Um, mm-hmm. And I got a match with, um, with the, the founder there. It was an unpaid internship, but I really wanted experience. So I reached out to the founder and I actually pitched myself to her mm-hmm. uh, and that led to you know me landing that job and obviously that provided me this foundation to later on start PECO and joining the next 36 program and all that so it's just um, so when you think about trying to get these um, experiential learning a lot of it is doing your own research seeing what you want to learn and then figuring out who's the best person to, to teach you that and you guys are already doing this, you know, like cold DM me on LinkedIn, for example, but, mm-hmm. you know, those, you know, cold emails, they work, especially when you're a young, you know, aspiring individual um, who, who want to learn. If you want to bring value and you want to learn, people are more often than not, they're going to say yes. Yeah. So that's my number one tip, I guess, first of all. And then um, later on, when I decide to apply to um Next36 to scale Paco. um, I think Next36 gave me a really good community of other founders who are roughly around my age and going through the same experience. Mm
0: -hmm. Not
1: a ton of, you know, 20-something, 19-something girl go through experience of fundraising, dealing with HR headaches, or dealing with lawyers for example to start your company so it's really good because you you do go through those mental challenges I remember when I was starting PECO last summer that mental health was a roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) the highs really high but then the lows are super super lows and we definitely had moments where we were like oh my gosh like this is not it we need to shut this company down and I'm glad we stuck it out (laughs) at the end of the day but it's those moments you need a community to to balance ideas with, to share your struggle with, because it's a lonely job for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Next36 also taught me a lot about thinking on a global scale, so um, tackling the, the greatest problem in the world and figuring out a viable business model to like scale it across. My experience at Clearco, so at Clearco I was working on their product management team, specifically uh, focusing on top of the funnel. So that means that I did a lot of experimentation, um, growth hacking and optimizing. So that taught me more granular skills on how to, for example, optimize PECO website so that we can increase our page rank or Mm -hmm. how to direct more traffic to the website using really scrappy and low cost way. Um, And Clearco has also has a very, um, you know, mission-driven thesis that I really resonate to, which is helping founders uh, build their company or scale their company without losing equity. So I was really passionate about that. That's why I decided to join a team uh, while I was scaling PECO just earlier this year. At every stage of the company, you need a different skill set. At the startup stage, you need to be able to put out fire to be a generalist. And then as you scale, you need to be able to hire the right specialist to help you scale. And then that's when your hiring profile actually kind of different. Now you don't hire as much entrepreneurial individual. Maybe you hire more corporate people or like more specialists you scale. So I think that's a very important learning for me going into ClearCo and then translating that into Pecco, hopefully in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned a lot about, I guess, putting out pro- like learning from different people and also putting that into your projects. Who have been oh. some of your mentors throughout this journey? Yeah,
1: I have. I have quite a few. Um, I would say my biggest mentor, his name is Kyle and he's actually one of our supplier.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: met Kyle by literally knocking on every single door of all the farmers and distributor in, mm-hmm. in the Vancouver area last summer. So when we started PICO last summer, Aaron and I didn't know anyone in, in the produce industry mm-hmm. um, at least in Canada. And it's usually, obviously, it's a very archaic industry, and it's usually run by either big corporation or um, generations of families. Yeah. So it's really hard to break it. So we resorted to, obviously, knocking on every door calling everyone until we got this warm intro to Kyle. And he is a fourth generation um, produce wholesaler.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he has really been such a significant you know mentor in our journey. He gave us our very first warehouse to work in. Um, He was one of our first supplier. We started out packing in my kitchen actually because we couldn't get in to any commissary kitchen. There's like wait lists of a year everywhere last summer. And being able to scale into his warehouse has been such a huge relief for us and allow us to really 10x Paco in the last year. Definitely learning a lot from him really all it took was us reaching out and asking for help so
2: definitely do that (laughs) we love to hear it do you have any resources that you would recommend to anyone that also wants to launch a startup or any people that you would recommend them to connect to
1: like i think people in the startup world or investor are very busy people so when you look when you reach out to them you want to make sure that you're either bringing value to them or if you are showing a lot of potential so they're willing to help you out. I wouldn't recommend you going to someone and asking how do I start a company. Um, I recommend you starting something first and then come to them for feedback and advice. Um, and there's a lot of great resources out there. So for example, one I like to recommend is Y Combinator Startup School. And Y Combinator obviously is a, a huge, if not the world's best incubator out there. All of you are going to go to our going to have some kind of incubator program. So, for example, at UBC we have E at UBC, or there's also um, national incubator out there like League of Innovator or Next36. So it kind of depends on what you look for, how high commitment, or low com- uh, how how much support, but in terms of wanting to start your own startup, just find a problem is what I'm going to suggest. Um, find a problem and ideally a problem that you can really relate to because it's going to get really hard. And when it gets hard, you want to be passionate enough that you can stick it up.
0: How have you balanced school and jobs throughout your like development? That's such a hard
1: question to answer. Like, I never know how to answer this because I don't have a good answer mm-hmm. for it. Um, I think that I try for sure. I don't succeed all the time. That's Mm -hmm. for sure too. All nighters are common for me before exam. Skipping class happens a lot too, but I try to be as present as I can Mm -hmm. um, when I'm there to absorb info. Um, It's just simply how it is. Uh, And there's definitely occurrences where I had to, you know, like prioritize school over work or work over school at some point in time. I think the main thing is that understanding that everything has to trade off and for me in the in the course of the last year I've really prioritized my startup and and that's why I've deprioritized school in a sense but I also have the luxury to do that because I'm in you know my last year I'm doing well enough in school that I don't have to worry too much about how my GPA would look like I live my life based on my Google calendar so I block everything off I schedule everything um Callan Lee is also my best friend and you know when when it's exam season or something like that then I just recognize and that I can only have you know two things at once either social life and school or school and work so I have to deprioritize something at a certain moment Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: there are moments where you know don't see friends for three four weeks at once because I'm too busy you know building something out at my startup or studying for 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 class but there are times where I, um, you know, slack up a little bit in school, and it's, it's very important for me to to have, you know, like good mental health and have good work life balance, um, even though my schedule is quite crazy still. So, I I don't know. Just try your best and prioritize based on what is most impactful and most urgent at the time is how I usually do it.
0: Definitely, we have one last question. Just how can we support your company? And if there's any links, you can uh, reach us and we'll drop them later in our bio for this.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, you can always place an order uh, on That's pekoproduce.com. That's P E K O produce.com. So we deliver every Sunday, every box is $25 flat, including delivery, and you get a huge 10 to 12 pounds of um, imperfect and surplus produce. We're also hiring for fall interns right now. So if anyone is looking for um, an internship, our application is open until um, end of day July 24th. And uh, we're always hiring for brand ambassador too. So this is more of a low-effort, low commitment volunteer position. You can get free bi-weekly PECO boxes for helping promote PECO. So all this information can be found on our website careers page. And feel free to reach out to me if there's any uh, question also.
0: We'll definitely be putting all of these links in the bio of this podcast, as well as the bio of this post that's going to be promoted in. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. If you have any recommendations, questions, or concerns, please contact us on either Instagram at Liberate Business or by email at Liberate Leaders in Business at gmail.com.